Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. On this week's show, we discuss our match against City. We catch up with the founder of the Central Coast Mariners Supporters Trust, Mark Brogan. We look ahead to the clashes with MacArthur and the Jets, and we answer your questions. I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke, Mark, and Morrow. How we doing, fellas? How good do we sound? We're sounding pretty hot. We've got most of our new equipment. All not, set a bad, up. not a bad debut to make when on the pod. Well, I guess not a debut, but a debut in, um, in one of the guest seats for Mark Brogan as well. Absolutely sound fantastic. One of the yeah. host seats today, yeah, with the, uh, the new mics, new mixer, new headphones. Everything's all happening. We what sound a, somewhat professional. Nearly. What, what professional. <laughs> the most unprofessional, professional-sounding podcast. Yeah, I is. mean, the audio quality is good. I don't know what the content's going to be like, but uh, we'll soon find out. Well, we do have to protect our trademark, so too much professionalism too early. You know, let's just settle down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's dive right into it with Fred's question this week. It is brought to you by ads from the ccmfans.net forum. Thank you so much for the donation to uh, the podcast ads. Ads asks... We look like a different team to the start of the season, not scoring or hitting passes as freely as, as we were at the start. What has changed? Have other teams' defences worked us out? And how do we combat that? I think we kind of spoke about this the other week, I think. I, I feel like we're getting a bit nervous now that we've got something to play for. Is that fair? I think maybe earlier in the season, first sort of five to ten games, we were probably, you know, playing a bit more freely than what we are right now. We, we were, you know, there's sort of nothing to lose. And I think now there's, you know, a very real possibility that something might be lost with how close it is for the top six. We've maybe gone into our shell a little bit. There's a few other things in there as well. Like, I mean, I think we've missed DDS massively. Uh, we've missed Gianni, even though he's been back for a few games now, he, he sort of maybe took a couple of matches to sort of get back into form, but... I agree creatively we're we're nowhere near what we were sort of early on. I think that's a really good point. Creatively, that's where I feel like, pardon me, voice fail. Don't worry about equipment fail. (laughs) Um, I feel like creatively that's where we're lacking. But I actually, uh, aside from the, say, 15 minutes early in the game on the weekend when City really put us through the ringer a bit, then I I I felt like we were actually quite fluent in terms of uh, knocking the ball around. We possessed the ball well. Um, we didn't find our passes early on and we couldn't get out of defence because of it and that gave City a bit of an edge uh, in that period of time. But after that, then I thought that we did show that we are playing with a bit of confidence. So I feel like we might have lost a bit of creativity recently, but we've still got that solidity or maybe even improved solidity at the back um, because we, we just seem to be very well organised. We did give them a few chances, but um, we were still really well organised. So I do think at the front, though, DDS in this game was not at his, you know, 100% of what I think he's contributed at times during the season. I don't think Marco Arena was able to contribute as much as we have been used to him contributing in this game or the Jets game for that matter. Um, Matty Simon is just a machine that continues to work away the same way as he always does and I thought he did that again. We want Alou to come on and really, you know, do something that dazzles everybody and that has been missing for a few games now, several games perhaps. Um, I don't, I'm not going to in this particular talk um, speculate on why that might be, but I think we've missed that. So, so yeah, I think we're still a team that, um, you know, can defend our way to the top, but we've got some work to do in the front end and in creating stuff. 
Yeah, do you think um, – is it respect? Respect from the opposition as well. Maybe they're spending a bit more time on the game film, analysing, because great point, you know, DDS has been missed. Um, yeah, Nisbet's been switched in a few positions as well. I thought he was doing really well. Um, yeah, is the opposition sort of taking a look and going, well, we're you know, close to top of the league for a reason yeah. um, and coming up with a few more game plans to, um, you know, to, to counter what Stadge is putting out. Do you think they underestimated us potentially a bit at the start of the season and now it's sort of – They've realised what our threats are. Yeah, well, what we've been easy beats for what four or five seasons now. Yeah, it's so been a I while. mean, wouldn't surprise me if they didn't even look at the tape before teams used to play us. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think I dare say probably pretty early on, everybody else realised that Oli Bazanic was a pretty focal point of probably our defence and attack. Really, I mean, he he spent a lot of time breaking things down, and then a lot of times he also brings the ball out of the back as well so it's it's he's sort of been a bit of a focal point I think he's been uh, probably marked out of a few games I think the Western United one a few weeks ago is probably the first one where it was sort of really telling that how how much of an impact it has when he's sort of pretty much man marked out of the game mm. um, you know I think I think they've they've probably I think they, they maybe started to maybe cotton on to Nizzy, which is why he's maybe been moved around a little bit, but I'm not sure about the whole moving him around everywhere thing that's sort of been happening. I'm not totally sold on that. No, he has been a bit of a utility. I think Mark's right, though, that um, I don't know if it's so much that there's all this respect there now, but there was probably a bit of a lack of respect early on in the season and that allowed us to capitalise a little bit and now that's sort of caught up a little bit because I, th- I still think we are a great-looking team and, and can be a force against just about anybody we come up against. I think we showed that on Saturday um, because they are showing us our due respect now, um, whereas at the start of the season, I think some of the teams like you were getting to, Pete, that they just didn't rate us, so mm. we don't care, but... You know. <laughs> There's a song in that somewhere, I reckon. <laughs> you can sing it. I think I've heard you sing it. I mean, the the how do we combat that? That's the hard bit right now so far into the season when everybody's played each other at least once now, I think. I don't think there's anyone that hasn't played anyone with a weird sort of draw and fixture. But, mm. um, you know, now that we're sort of heading into finals, it's 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 so close to comp. It's, I don't know, it's the closest it's been for for years to get into the top six i think yeah like and there's not much in these games like we saw on the weekend with us against them i think we proved that they're definitely beatable um same thing like with the adelaide game for example they only won one nil uh there wasn't too much in the derby really there was only one goal in it so it's just so close at the moment and there's not much in it and we're you know like you said i think we played pretty well but it's just that sort of that sort of final third that we're lacking. So do we do we go back to the start of the season and try and revisit that and get that sort of aggressive front third play in there and play without fear, or do we completely mix things up again? Which I think we probably tried with a couple of games starting a low with when your was was suspended, but we probably saw it didn't really work. So. Do we go back? To, I think we just need to go back to the first sort of five to ten games and somehow, I don't know how, but somehow revisit that. I think we try to, but at the same time, I don't think there's any shame in... in uh, City are a great team. So, 
you know, they're no, monsters. Yeah there's, no, yeah, there's no shame in the fact that we weren't able to come up with lots of chances, but I think we just about came up with none, pretty much close to it. And uh, so we've got to kind of do better than that. So I do hope that, you know, Alan is having a word to the likes of DDS and Aranya and, and reminding them how free they are to play their own game and express themselves rather than to feel the pressure um, because I feel like we've got enough there. We just need to be able to um, sort of get back to that fluent connection that we had. You know, we had Aranya out for a week. We had DDS out for a few. Uh, Alu, not sure what's going on there, but it'd be good Gianni if we could, out. Yeah, we had Gianni out. Um, and we so, got everyone suspended for a game as well, like all those little things sort of Yeah, so if we could get back to a little bit of consistency, which which we hopefully now can, then uh, I feel like we can uh, we can still be a force. And, and I hope our boys are stung by Saturday night because for me – we had the best of it, um, and they got a bit lucky. They had more chances than us, but we dealt with those reasonably well. Not by many, though, was it? Yeah, look, I'm just having a look at the stats now, and it's it's closer than you might think. They had nine shots to our seven, um, mm. but they scored with their only on-target shot of the game. I was game. about to say, they had one shot on target, and mm. it went in. <laughs> mm. Yeah. The, the place where I thought we could hurt them is in the mental stakes. I thought they were fragile. They looked fragile from the moment that Matty Simon made what, made what was a little bit of a late tackle, nothing more, yeah. hard, um, but no studs in it or anything like that. Um, Mr. Drama Queen uh, put on a bandage to make it look good <laughs> um, and pretty much acted like a drama queen for the rest of the game from what I saw. Gee, so, he got up quick, didn't he? Got well, up quick for the push as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Recovery. Recovery of, uh, yeah, I won't sort of accuse them of uh, any Manchester City or maybe <laughs> outside influences. Some from Pep Guardiola from a doctor, tides. yeah, 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 <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that would aid that sort of recovery. But the bit yeah. that got me about the mentals was when uh, Noon had a shot that went past the whistling past the post, and it was close, and it was a bit scary. Back on the inside, makes it's the second half. He makes the right foot shot, goes outside the post, and they all, or Metcalf and him at least, and probably one other, I think I can't identify, fell to the ground on their knees. Mm. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. That, to me, just showed a little bit of mental fr- fragility. How like they, they knew were, that there was only one goal in it or it was... It was yeah. yeah, and did they just screw up their chance and this is in their mind, whereas we just kept playing our game. We never stopped the whole the whole game and uh, even though, from what I could tell, a lot of things seemed to go against us. Yeah, so. I think once the, yeah, the back post wrestle with Lewis Miller on the goal, I think we... Once that went in, exactly like you said, Mora, the um, the mentality changed for them. It was let's sit back and we sort of dominated that game. And the, you know, as Pete pulled up, the stats the stats probably tell that story as well because I definitely feel the second half, um, yeah, we can control a lot of it as well. We, I think we were up for the battle overall. I mean, in terms of aerial duels in particular, we won that battle. Um, our passing success was higher. Um, we just couldn't find the breakthrough. Again, it's that... That little bit of quality in the final third. Yeah. I mean, we, like we had so much of the ball, like around the eighteen yard box, and what we had one shot on target. One shot on target, yeah. Like it was painful. So it was painful. Like we 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 just for the first time in a while, I felt like we sort of managed to get over halfway and stay there and keep the ball. Mm. We just could not create. Yeah, that last anything. twenty just, minutes or so was absolute domination. Yeah, like it was. I don't know what. You know, I guess you have to give some credit to them for sort of, you know, their defensive shape and the way that they were sort of organised. They just would not let us in and we, we could not 
unlock it. It was just it was super frustrating to watch. But like I said, I think we we proved that they are definitely beatable. They're not sort of invincibles like if you listen to Buddy Print and Speed or you know some people on uh, a certain pay TV provider uh, <laughs> that carry on about them. Does um, it rhyme with Schmockstel? It does. It does. <laughs> and um, and I mean they missed Andrew Naboot. Big time. I think so, yeah. Because he wasn't there the first time when we beat them when we came back at home. And then he was there when they beat us down there not long ago. He was out again. And I think he's a massive miss down that right-hand side for them because mm. he's he's just – he's a machine. He's a completely different player than he was at Newcastle or Melbourne or whatever. I think he's only been in those two clubs, hasn't yep. he? Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to go to Perth. Well, he's been to Perth, but he, <laughs> he never he, actually made it. He flew to Perth, got <laughs> off the plane and then came back, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's just a machine. And I think they definitely missed him and – um, come finals time, it's it's going to be very interesting. And like yeah, you well, said, I, be... I, like and like you said, Moz, I think sort of mentally they are quite fragile. Yeah, There's I'll, a bit of Melbourne heart still in there. I want another mm. crack. I think yeah. the word, the rhyming word you were looking for was poxtel, but um, <laughs> but for me, I just I just felt that I, I was felt robbed, and I want another crack. And I wasn't even on the pitch. So if I was mm. on the pitch, and I, and obviously eleven of our boys were, then surely they want another crack at that because as far as I could tell. Stadge was right after the game. We we did everything that we possibly could. Final balls let us down a bit, um, which made shots hard and and forced and uh, yeah. So we so we just didn't weren't able to convert. But did uh, you watch the press conference? Yeah, how good was that? Was he pissed off? Angie was. Is, is that the first time we've properly seen him a bit like annoyed? <laughs> Proper combative and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. it, he did it with a bit of swagger, though, didn't he? He sort of turned it on the journo and sort of yeah, put words in the, in the journo's mouth and, um, yeah, went back to the, the stage thing, right, we're, co- we're concentrating on Thursday, Thursday, but you could just tell under his skin he wanted to say a few things. Um, but I think he knew deep down as well that we took it to him, we're going to get another shot, particularly with all the players back coming into finals time. It's looking mm. looking red hot. I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure when the time is to talk about it, but I think he probably expected the likes of us to do the talking that he wasn't able to do in that press conference now. Let's so, do it. Peter, <laughs> lead. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, <laughs> where do I start? Okay, no, let's, let's start with uh, Craig Noon's golf. 59th minute. Through the back of Lewis Miller, uh, foul or not? This and be careful with how you word this because I have a follow-up question. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I don't like follow-ups. Um, uh, as a defender, yes. If I get smacked in the back like that in my all-age three side, I'm going to whinge about it. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's a foul. And uh, The frustrating thing with that is is the consistency, right? Because everybody made the comparison, including Brenton fucking speed, uh, to the Rudy Jester goal, which you just can't let go of. Um, uh, he's clearly of the opinion that that should be a goal, but reverse that, is it a penalty? Say if exactly. Rudy's the defender and if Kyle Rolls is the attacker and he puts his hands on him like that to leap up, it's going to be a penalty. 100%. Surely. Yeah. So same thing in this case. I mean, if I have to be critical of Lewis Miller, which I will, um, I don't know what the communication was there when the ball was sort of coming across, but he clearly ducks his body shape down wrong. to try yeah. and head it back over his head. Where, I mean, for me, he just has to he has to attack the ball because he's a unit. He has to get it out for a corner. Is probably the most simplest thing you could do there because I don't. He wasn't in line with the goal really. So for me, it's just it's it's a pretty simple sort of a header out for a corner. Whether Birra's you know communicates that or not, I'm not sure. 
But I think Lewis, to start with, probably gets his defensive shape wrong. Yeah, do you think he was um, absolutely filthy at this too? And the, yeah. yeah, the answer to your question, Pete, yeah, 100% foul, mate, every day of the week. And Matt, <laughs> yeah. Matt Simon gets them, um, yeah, would be laughing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking that Lewis Miller, did he go to flick it back or did he feel that contact with the knees first, then bend over and go for a bit of a dart? Because, you know, when you think about the body yeah. mechanics, the knees are going to hit you first, then the hands on the back. Yeah. Has he, he, has he felt it and gone a little does, bit of a dart? After watching Lewis for so long, uh, including in the MPL, he does have this knack to try and win free kicks a lot. Like a lot, like too much. Anticipate the contact, yeah, so to speak. When, yeah. when he should just be attacking the ball, which is, I think, you know, I think to your point, he it's sort of for me, it's probably a little bit of a fifty-fifty. Um, I think he just he just clearly should have attacked the ball. Yeah, if, if he stands there, just yeah. stand still, gets knocked. Yeah. It's a it's a foul. Correct. Yeah. That, that if, foul. He, if he stands yeah. up tall and just gets smashed in the back, it's going to be a free kick. So I, I think he made it. I don't know. He made it tough on himself. Made yeah. it hard for himself, yeah. But 100% should have been a free kick. And how they get so inconsistent with the goal a couple of weeks ago at the same ground. <laughs> I don't know who was on VAR for that game or for us or for our game. But, I mean, they're, they're not too far different from each other. So I don't I don't get it. A thousand percent. If if Ruan Tongic attacks that ball over the top of Matty Simon, over the top of Aranya, that... Oh, sorry, well, over the top of McLaren, that will be a foul out in the pitch every day of the week. But you're right, looking critically at how we played that moment, then Lewis can make the free header almost if he heads it out over the top of the goals, back towards the way that the ball's coming from. As Harper pointed out in the coverage, he's a big unit. So he's not getting beat to that header by noon um, if he attacks the ball, which is what I think you said, Boise. So, so I think he had to do that. But that doesn't change the fact that it was a dead set foul every day of the week, any position on the field, apparently, except for that one with that rep. I'm surprised it wasn't a penalty for Adelaide, to be honest. <laughs> well, probably was, really. I mean. Speaking of penalties. Yeah, freaky calls on. Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk about it. Uh, Beerus goes up after the 90th minute for the corner, is dragged down in the box. Penalty is given and then inexplicably, I'm still fucking seething with rage here, overturned. <laughs> How? Shall I go first this time? Yeah, you go, because I don't have an answer <laughs> yet. I've got a single one. Mate, look, Beerus does touch the foot of O'Neill. So they come in contact, no doubt about it. Players come in contact all the time in the box, all over the pitch. So for mine, that doesn't excuse O'Neill putting both hands, not just one hand, one hand on the waist, one hand on the shoulder, both hands, so that as he falls, he takes Beerus with him. If he falls down there and doesn't uh, touch Beerus, then there's probably not much in it. If um, There's no free kick in it at all, not against Beerus. But um, for me, it was both hands on Beerus, not just one, and both hands pulling him back. Um, so I cannot, for the life of me, understand how we have come up with this, this place in our game for the referee to second-guess his own decisions, standing at a box on the sideline, watching things in uh, incredible slow motion like that. He made a decision... Um, there was no obvious error in the decision. I don't think anyone could say there was an obvious error in the decision and somehow um, the VAR contrives 
or combines with the referee to come up with a way to take it away. And, and when you collect decisions together that are poor like that, then you start wondering whether or not there is some conspiracy going on. And I don't <laughs> want to agree with any of the conspiracy theorists that have been on social media, but there's plenty of ammunition for that kind of conspiracy theory in those kinds of decisions. So, Well, you look at the timing of the game and they had the uh, celebration ready to go, Moz, so maybe they were, maybe yeah. there is something, you know. They had the arch there, they were all yeah. prepped, weren't they? They've already paid for the confetti cannons and <laughs> yeah. the fireworks and everything like that. Yeah, it's all coming out of Football Australia's budget, so. <laughs> They'd let the plates off in the stand at least a couple of times by then. They let them off when uh, McLaren handballed earlier, which is the only controversy. The, the, the reason we're not talking about it is because there was no controversy there. It was a clear handball and the, mm. so no goal. But they got out the plates and, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, the mental fragility is not just on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well, actually. <laughs> well, they even presented it to themselves. I think the presenter, he was all decked out in uh, Melbourne City gear from memory as well. So, you know, um, maybe we can get a few plates of our own and come down here to the COE and start handing them out. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I, I think I think you've probably summed it up pretty well, Moz. I think if, if, if you're going to give a penalty or a free kick every time somebody stands on someone's big toe accidentally – then what kind of a game are we going to be watching? I think, okay, yes, he might get stood on slightly and then he goes over. That still doesn't give him the right to put his hands on Beerus and then to drag him down. Yeah, it's two, it's two he, hands dragging him down. He can exactly. fall over without putting his hands on him. Yeah, and how soft does our so, game go? It goes even towards the, um, the Matty Simon tackle. Um, how far can the professional game be taken from the Saturday game? When I play on Saturday... The, the guy who smashes me like um, Matty smashed Noon will get a free kick against. Um, but there'll be no yellow card. How soft are we getting the oh, game Oh, that's his now? reputation preceding him 100%. Of and you, you look at Noon's reaction as well. He's jumped up like we already mentioned, give, given Simo a nudge or a big shove on the way through. Where's the booking for the reaction? Yeah, it's a bit of consistency, and that's that's I think mm. all that we ask, to be honest. And and it, it's a fail, but for the Gested reason, uh, it's a fail on the uh, goal, and it's a fail on that. It's a fail on uh, other decisions uh, all round. So, yeah, I, you know, the fact that um, that you know we we still continue to perform, um, not after the penalty, because I don't know if there were many more kicks in the game, but um, after other things went didn't go our way, then uh, yeah, I, I, great credit to the boys for continuing to um, push and continuing to dominate the game. I was trying to find who was on VAR, but can't. Kate Jaskowicz. What did she say to him? I don't know. To like, say there's an obvious error here, like isn't that what the conversation? Well, that's, that's the conversation. She surely right? has to say it's the error. Is not the the error is the stepping on the foot that he's missed that foul. That's the error. It has to be because unless unless it's declared, there's other two options. It's a you, hey ref, you missed the step on the foot, or him getting pulled down is not a not a foul. I was blown away by it because this is a ref who doesn't stop the game for things like the Matty Simon tackle. He'll give the free kick, but he's not you know in the business of giving out too many yellow cards. He saves his yellow cards pretty hard, so. That, that touch on the foot, which was marginal to see, you had to try pretty hard to see it. And that's what I mean. It's, it's just how. We've always heard, like, it has to be a lot to be a penalty. Then why doesn't it have to be a lot to overturn it? Mm. Like, the, like the ref's made his call. He's cl- clearly seen the hands on Beerus. Why is Beerus standing on his buddy big toe like enough to overturn it? Yeah, again, we go back to that clear and obvious piece. So we're just re-refereeing the game again and again. And the word obvious is a 
step on a big toe and obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like how how many times does that happen during a game? Grey is that like it's such a grey area. Like it's it's yeah <laughs> banging on about my social media but for me it's obvious that var is really damaging in our game all around the world and uh, it's really kind of sad to see and the, and the worst part of it is the saturday game is not the professional game anymore and apparently it never will be so i guess that we're on a trajectory now where how many years will it be before we've got 22 guys sitting in their homes with their ps10 uh, controllers <laughs> controlling their man. I'm serious. Yeah. You know what was great actually on the weekend was being able to watch the uh, championship league one playoff, championship league one playoff, the one where Jared Gillette refed. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Brentford. Brentford and Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Bournemouth yeah. yeah. That was really good. No VAR. Mm, and you know what? He got every one of the big decisions right. There mm. was a penalty. There was a red card. There was there was sort of a maybe penalty, and then he didn't give it. And everyone was like, "Cool, let's just move on." It was that was all so, action. It all was action it was game. crazy, and it was so good to watch without having to go. Oh, they've scored, or they might have to buddy pull it back, and we can't really celebrate and all this sort of stuff. So. Yeah, it was the same thing in the championship relegation playoffs the mm. week before. I watched them all on the weekend when I, you know, I probably would have anyway, but it was more of a case. If you know what, there's no VAR. Mm. Let's see how this goes, and it was it was. Damn good to watch. It's good to have football back. It was, mm. yeah. And here we are. We're summarising or wrapping up a game that was played on the weekend and we haven't mentioned things like Gianni Stensness was an absolute powerhouse in this game. Apparently we've lost interest because we haven't got time anymore in <laughs> who played well, who played poorly um, because we're too stuck on referees' decisions, which I think actually was the reason why we thought we wanted video refereeing to stop all of that. Well, mm. how's that working out? We've seen the dark side. Let's go back. Yeah, because we had some great players in this game. Gianni was fantastic. Mm. Ollie struggled to get balls out in the first 20 minutes, and that was pretty obvious. Um, Lewis Miller came on and really made an impact, which I th- not for the goal, but um, <laughs> other than that, he yeah. really made an impact, I thought. Um, you know, but we're not talking about that, are we? Enough. Yeah, no, and it's such a shame to see as well, of course. Uh, just give us the often game back. Exactly. Make it the same as we play it. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Just turning to other Central Coast and Australian football-related news, the Mariners Academy, our young gems, uh, not a great result for them at the weekend, going down 4-0 down at uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. There's three goals after the 70th minute, I think, that wrapped it all up for the Wanderers there. Red card as well in the mix, and um, we've slipped down to sixth, Place four points behind a finals place. Pain. <laughs> Bit of uh, slippage happening there with the academy, but haven't had the chance to watch them for about a month. There was match now. of the round on uh, on Saturday, Arvo, but it was a one o'clock kickoff, so uh, I know a lot of other people would have had other stuff on. Mm. Um, I was sort of tuning in and out where I could, but um, yeah, we didn't didn't look great. And after such a great season last season, and a good start this season too. Yeah, really positive. I mean, we turned over the Wanderers three 0 in the first game of the season, and we just were not at the races on the weekend. So um, chance to uh, get some sort of redemption this weekend as we host Mounties on the 30th of May. Three o'clock kickoff at Plume. Mounties are, of course, bottom of the table there, so we need nothing less than a victory there. 
Better get there and um, spur the boys on. Um, I read in the match report, the NPL match report, that we weren't as bad as that scoreline suggested, so I'm hopeful. Yeah, like I said, it was that, those three goals after the 70th minute yeah. and the red card as well not helping. Yeah, and we have, have we like have we missed any home games? They seem to have been away for weeks, months, I think I missed, I missed one when I was in Melbourne. Yeah, there's I been a Melbourne few on the road. Yeah, that's right. They played at home when we were in Melbourne, but no, they've had quite a few on the road, so I think we'll have quite a few at home in the run home, so... Fingers crossed we can uh, keep Plume a pretty happy hunting ground. 3 p.m., that's no good for us old 35s boys. Is that Saturday or Sunday, Pete? Saturday. Uh, well, if it's the 30th of May, uh, I don't know. I'm not a calendar. So uh, I don't know. 31st <laughs> is Monday, I think. So I think that means it's Sunday. Good. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. See I'll tell you, you who is at home this Saturday, which is the 29th. It is Central Coast United as they are at home to Dunbar this weekend. They drew at home against Sydney Uni. Uh, one all absolute screamer. You will not see a better goal at MPL 3 level um, to tie things up from young 17-year-old Mason Wells. Uh, Central Coast United were down to 10 men after the 20th minute and uh, Mason Wells winding up from about 30 yards and uh, putting one if you don't mind, in the top left corner. Nice. Sitting in sixth position there. It's the top eight that go up from MPL 3 up to MPL 2 this year. Um, and they're only a point off fifth place as well, which uh, would get them finals. So it'll be so good to see them up in MPL 2 next year. Of course, Australian football news. Uh, Melbourne City lift the premiership plate. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Have we got a sound for that? <laughs> yeah, so. uh, oh, that's for us. <laughs> we don't uh, want that. Um, the Phoenix, of course. How good was this to see the Phoenix crowd, their first home game in 433 days at, uh, at Westpac Stadium over there? What was it, 24,000-something? Biggest. Their biggest regular season crowd and the biggest regular season crowd for the league this season. That's incredible. Yeah, so good to see that stadium packed and it was absolutely heaving. The I don't know what was better, just the whole sort of event or seeing Western just get smacked. Yeah. Just <laughs> nothing, yeah, what nothing a, what I love What more. a first game back at home to, to host Mark Rudin and yeah. a bunch of the, the other Judases as they're known over there. Yeah, um, Abs- absolute shambles club. Yeah. <laughs> They're at risk of missing out on finals now, Western United. It's a slippery slope downhill for them. So hopefully They dominated we can... Wellington. They were they they mm. the they rose to the occasion. Big time. They, um, yeah, they were just all over them. They looked really good. They got some exciting young players. Devlin is a freak. I mm. would have him in my team any in day of the week. Yeah. Um they got some other good young Kiwi players too. Um it, it's and they've they've made like a massive sacrifice as well to to get the end of last season all done and then being here for so long, being able to go home and go back to that, it was it was good. It's a great story, isn't it? I mean, after all the world's been through, pretty fortunate, of course, in Australia and New Zealand, you know, surrounded by water, but, um, you know, first home game, river crowd. Um, speaking of players, though, who you, let's talk about, you know, Western United, Lockie Wales, would you would you want him back, the terrible boy? Who does he come in for? Yeah. That's a tough thing at the moment, eh? Because he, he Is was... Is he a target? He was, he was, I mean, he still is really been in some good form lately. He's scored a couple of goals, got a couple of assists. Mm. Um, I think word was he actually wanted to come back at some stage recently. Yes. Maybe during the off season. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the struggle is now with us where it's, we in the past had almost no depth and <laughs> no sort of attacking options. Mm. Uh, now we've got plenty. So it's, it's a case of who does he, yeah, who, yeah. Does he, who does he come back in for if maybe someone, I don't know if someone leaves in the off season for whatever reason in that sort of a position. 
Um, does he come back? But it's it's probably unlikely mm. to be. Mm. Um, would I have him back? I don't know. I think he's too inconsistent for me mm. at the moment. I'd have him back in a heartbeat because he's a coastie and I know where his blood runs. So for me, I'd have him <laughs> back in a heartbeat. Also, I think Alan could improve him. That's why I would have him back because uh, he's improved other players. Look at Ruin Tongich. We'll get there. Um, but um, he just, I mean, look, he just probably gets yelled at by Mark Rudin like all day, every day. Yep. Doesn't look like a happy place, does it? No, no. I can't. No, no, I wouldn't want to play under him. No way. All the rumours about Mark Rudin, let alone him stalking Mel. I mean, like <laughs> outside of that. Football-related rumours are that he's not exactly a joy to work for. So, mm. yeah, I can't imagine what that environment would be like. We don't have a lot of um, contracted players, so there might still in time be a space for him. And, um, yeah, mm. I'd take him back just purely because he's a coastie and because I think Alan could improve him. Um, I know I was a clown about Melbourne City um, just a minute ago and the winning of the Premier's Plate, but they were the best team so far yeah. that I've seen this year. So yeah. I'm just going to say that on the record because I think I've already said it somewhere else. Um, on the Knicks thing, uh, loved it. Fantastic. Great to see. A um, bit of pent up. Let's get to the football going on there. And that's fantastic for the game. But I just want to say about people talking about, you know, is this crowd good or is that crowd good or the Mariners got enough crowd for their improvement or all of that bollocks that seems to be out there on social media all the time. Um, one word for those people, pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. Especially amongst our demographic, not everybody wants to be at the football at the moment. So if you are measuring crowds against previous years or even previous centuries, then please go home. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Um, of course, we saw Ruan Tongi uh, called up today to the Socceroos squad, 31-man uh, squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers in Kuwait. How good? I'm stoked for him. So good. I'm a little bit surprised, though. Is that fair? I'm not, to no. be honest. I think he's been one of, if not the best centre-backs in the league. 100%. No argument there. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just didn't really see this one coming, to be honest. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. I just thought he's been great. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't think he would be on Arnold's radar this much. Mm. And from a, from a very, very selfish perspective, I question whether he'll even get any game time. Mm. Because looking through that squad, um, there's probably another three, arguably four centre backs in there, uh, including Ruan. Not including Ruan, rather. So he might get some game time, but it might be very minimal and it's he's gonna be such a loss. We've got four four games for the Socceroos in the space of what is it, twelve days or something like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, he so might get game get time. Some, he'll he get, might. yeah, he'll pick up some time. I'm with you, Boise. I was shocked, really. But uh, uh, watching him this season, what I thought he had done has really, you know, triplicated himself. He, he's tripled the player he was 12 months ago or two years ago or any of that sort of stuff. So he turned into a fantastic young player where he was really just somebody taking up space in – or that's how it felt, for instance, when he was with City. Um, so to see him improve that way and be, you know, a part of watching that and, and seeing him grow the way he has and, and turn himself into a super confident defender who is arguably the best defender in the comp this year um, has been fantastic. And even though, yeah, he will be a super loss for us in the in the, in the finals if, if and when we're there, um, but it's... It's one of those things about being a Mariners fan. I just love seeing the players be here, get better, 
improve so much that they get noticed. doesn't matter if they're getting noticed by Stuttgart or Arnie. Um, I just love to watch that happen. We've seen it with so many players, your Matty Ryans, your Bernie Abinis, your Millie Yedinax. The the list, Trent Sainsbury, there's such a list of players that we've had the pleasure of watching in our youth um, and then watching them step up and step up and step up some of them almost seemingly endlessly, and uh, he's just another one who's, who's uh, you know, ticked that box and I uh, think he deserves it. So whether he gets any game time or not, I don't even think that matters because... I just read something that he definitely will apparently, according to Arnold, and also remember that he's three days too old for the Olympic team. <sighs> so basically Arnold's gone well. Is, is world. that under the new rules um, even... Accepting, so. yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, poo that. I thought he was. The, they'd added a year, and he would just sneak in. Yeah, right. that's. I thought he might just sneak in. Yeah, <laughs> right. but yeah. yeah. So apparently Arnold said, "Well, he's, you know, being that good. How can you ignore him?" Which can't argue with that. Yeah, I think so. that's actually. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that Arnie yeah. has said that. I hadn't read that yet, but um, yeah, just I, like, it I, just I makes just, me feel so good as a Mariners fan to yeah. have watched him improve from being nowhere to everywhere. Yeah, and like I mean, you've got someone like a Bailey Wright who he's maybe not as good as what he maybe used to be. I'm not sure, but he's obviously been playing for Sunderland, uh, who are in League Two now. Um, I assume he's been playing centre-back. I do not watch them every week, obviously, but someone like him, he's not in the squad. So I don't know if that's a personal thing because I know reading the announcement, there was a lot of uh, obviously Mitch Langerak has essentially retired. Um, Aaron Moy elected to not be selected for personal reasons because the only time he can see his family... Uh, and come back to Australia from China is when all these matches are on. So he said, he said, not not going to be a part of it. Good, thanks. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure. Maybe Bradley writes something sort of similar, but someone like him, who I thought maybe will get uh, maybe selected over Ruan, he obviously hasn't. So form. That's form. what it's been I mean, yeah. about. Ruan's been playing, playing, obviously been playing in a good team, been playing well. How can you ignore him? Yeah, so for him. The soccer breeding ground continues, doesn't it? I mean, over the years, mm-hmm. it's just another player. He's going to be a, a huge miss. Um, who slots in? Dan Hall. Dan, Dan Hall. Dan Hall. Yeah. He's loved your As the official Dan Hall fan club <laughs> sitting right here, uh, he's more than ready to step right in. So, yeah, great opportunity for, for Dan as well um, to come in for those last mm. couple of games of the season and, um, yeah, really show what he's about. Of course, you'd all be aware so far, but uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be joined by Mark Brogan at the desk this week. Of course, Mark is the founder of the Central Coast Mariners Supporters Trust. Mark, once again, thanks for joining us. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Absolute pleasure to be here. Good. What a season we're having. <laughs> Mate, it's been sensational, hasn't it, lads? What a time to be a Mariners fan, eh? <laughs> it's all happening. <laughs> Mate, for, um, for maybe some of the uninitiated, um, tell us a bit more about the Supporters Trust, what you guys are about or what, yeah, what the whole uh, concept is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, probably like most things, just started with an idea sort of at the end of last season um, where you know, we didn't have one of our best seasons. Um, and I thought to myself, I was basically reading an SBS World Game article at breakfast one morning and thought, yeah, what's this? The Mariners are moving to Canberra. Uh, not, <laughs> on, not on my watch. And that was at the end of last season. So I thought to myself, hey, are there any, any other pundits out there, are there any other fans that want to sort of get together and do something about this? And um, I was sort of 
had the pleasure and you know with with work and other things to sort of travel and do some reading on you know, supporters trust and what they're like in the uk and the green green bay packers and the 50 plus one model in germany and uh, threw up a landing page um and it sort of built built momentum there over the, this season at least and um we're sort of looking at looking at different structures um got together a lot of people a lot of sort of key people that were you're looking at um, you know, backgrounds in legal accounting and cooperatives is what we've actually formed and have an application in with the sort of New South Wales Department of Fair Trading. And obviously the goal is to get that greater connection with the club and, and look to you know, be tied to the, the club through an ownership structure um, and sort of looking to have that supporters trust raise a certain amount of money to um, purchase a stake in the club, um, have a seat on the board um, and be involved in different decisions and make sure that um, you know, things like playing at Central Coast Stadium, all our home games, the the, the badge doesn't change, the colours don't change on our watch. watch. Um, yeah, I'm a firm believer, yeah, players, they're great, coaches, they're great, they come and go, yeah, owners will come and go as well, but yeah, fans are forever. So there's a group of us that got together and um, we're very, the goal was, yeah, we had the idea, we validated it, sent out plenty of surveys. Um, you guys were kind enough to invite me on the pod last year when it launched. Um, to get into it and I can tell you now that we're we're very very close and sort of had discussions with a lot of people as well so um, yeah that, that's where we are at the moment and um, yeah if you've seen the email updates as well we've got to jump through a few heaps with um, New South Wales Department of Fair Trading and, and the rest of it which is a lot different to a company which we'll sort of get into it's a bit more democratic um, and there was a reason for that of course um, yeah but we're I'm pretty excited about it and yeah something that started as an idea everyone's sort of jumping around it. I think it's important to note too that you, so you've you've never really been involved in sort of like anything to do with the active or the uh, the official supporters club. You've sort of never really been involved in any of that, have you? Yeah, never. Um, I so mean, this, this is like from a completely fresh sort of a viewpoint. There's no sort of already intertwined things that are happening. It's like you've it's almost like you've come from the outside, even though you are a Mariners fan. It's almost like you've come from the outside, and it's like. All right, this is a completely new sort of a perspective on what we want to achieve, which I think is the best way that we can probably go about it. Exactly. I mean, the um, yeah, the website it'll never have, we'll never have a logo. Yeah, the goal for me was a what's you know how can we create an investment vehicle so we can sit down with the club and say, well, yeah, you've got the active support, official supporters, club, yeah, Yellow Army. There's so many different fan bases, but what's the what's the structure or the avenue for people that would like to? is to, you know, purchase a stake in their club or, you know, invest in their community. So you're exactly right. I mean, I've been a, um, you know, when the club came in, you know, I was fortunate enough to play for the old Central Coast Lightning back in the day with zero talent, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, under-18s and then found the drink and found women and the rest of it, one of them being my <laughs> wife and, um, you know, and then just sort of followed the Mariners sort of uh, yeah, since then and, um my wife was kind enough to accept a birthday gift to a season ticket as well. Um, nice. Which is, you know, tradition now. But, yeah, um, yeah, this was something that I thought, okay, what can I do? And reading that SPS World Game article was all about, um, yeah, it was all about money, you know, and getting people through the gate. And as fans, I mean, owners, they're actually just, they're just stewards of the club. Yeah, they're just looking after them. Yeah, we're the fans, we're the customers, we buy the jerseys, we buy the tickets. Um, yeah, so that's why I thought, what can what can we do? And sort of got a good good group around us. So the the website which I looked at obviously before we started today has a live countdown clock on it, which is down to forty days, yep. which is a lot less obviously from the last time that we looked. So it's getting close. Can you give us any news on what the countdown is for? Yeah, the countdown is essentially that's our and my and our sort of target date to say, okay, this is that's going to be the time where you can 
read our documents and you know, if you choose to make a financial commitment and sort of get into you know, raise, raising that cap, capital and funding and if you sort of saw the last update too via email with um, you know, we're talk, talking to what, what bank we're going to use, you're just doing a lot of the tactical stuff as well. So, yeah, when I sort of sat down and had this idea last year, I thought to myself, yeah, I could really push and try and do this as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, there's going to be a few mistakes, but you only get to do it once, right? So that's yeah. why the 30th of June was okay. When we start next season, you know, let's do it then. Yeah, yeah. let's let's ha- ha- build the momentum over a season. Um, yeah, we've got things like the TV deal coming up. Um, yeah, it's going to be a sh- yeah, shorter off season. I think when we start up again in October, I think they said. So, yeah, over the um, that sort of 40-day timer is when you'll get that, hey, here's all the information, here's where you can sign up. Um, and then we can sort of start to sort of have that, you know, what they call that capital raise. And I think you've obviously probably seen this as well and I assume you guys have as well about what's happened down in Melbourne with the victory where they've had the board member try and sell shares in the past and it was like a just – it was it was almost like a, hey, guys, come buy some shares. And then – and pretty much nobody bought them because there was not much information. There was like how liable are these people going to be. There was – Next to no information, there was a very bad website thrown together. Yep. <laughs> it looked like a very sort of last minute. And then when that board member left uh, about halfway through this season, he threw the shares up again. And again, nobody come on board because it was just like it sort of come out of nowhere. And it was I, – I don't understand how, how somebody thinks you can do something like this and not play the long game, yeah, which is clearly what you're trying to do. Yeah, I mean – Statistically speaking, I should live till about 80, 85, so I'll still be a supporter of the Mariners then. Um, and that's where for me, you know, and I read the terms and conditions on, you know, a bit of a, a, bit of a boring bloke. When, uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, I read the terms and conditions. Someone has to do it. Yeah, exactly right, you know. Um, but the you're just handing over money to a sort of a company. Yeah. Um, and the value that you put in, you know, if, if you've got $500 and I've got 100 you're going to have a, a bigger say than I. Mm. Uh, and that's why we went with the cooperative structure. Um, you know, it's the, your vote is based on if you're a person um, or, or a business, right? So, you know, you could put in 500 and I can put in 100 again, but we'd still both get one vote. Mm. So there's sort of no sort of this steamrolling and that sort of stuff come in. And things like, which we've seen with the European Super League, um, you know, fan, fan represent, representation on boards. You know, I didn't sort of see too much of that on the Melbourne Victory sort of share offering. And you're right, that was just a director going, well, I've got these shares, I'm going to put them trying out. Trying to offload them, essentially. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, trying to offload them where, yeah, we, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm sure the fans, and that's why I've really loved the the process so far of hearing the feedback and the surveys because obviously I've got opinions. Um, I'm a fan like everyone else, but um, we can need to build it in the way that, that's for the Central Coast. And um, that's why, you know, when with the cooperative structure, it is democratic, um, yeah, we're we're not going to hand, simply hand over the money to um to the club, mm. um or the current owner or new owner. Um, it's going to be that vote. So well, we've got this this much money this year. What where would we like to do it? Maybe we don't we don't give them any. Um, yeah, maybe we'll we'll sort hold of, the club to ransom. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think you think about it as well. I mean, um, no, not to ransom, but just sort of that strategic like value yeah. of if we've got a current owner or a new owner coming in, and we go well. Who wouldn't want to partner with the fans that have got this sort of, you know, extra pool of money and, you know, we sort of set our target for 2,000 members. Um, yeah, okay, well, there's 2,000 people with, that want to invest in the club, current owner or new owner, who wants to partner with us? And, 
yeah, how, how does that look? You know, if you, if you come in or if you, you're the current owner and sort of turn the fans away, they're a bit more passionate. I mean, probably not the best idea. No. Um, you know, so that's sort of, but that's not necessarily holding to ransom. It's sort of that, well, let's, let's look at, well, the fans want to vote on certain things like the jersey or a marquee player or maybe invest money in the academy or, or, or a W League team. Um, so let's put that to a vote. And I had some great ideas come through too, but people, you know, essentially want it to be sort of a bit like football manager. Um, <laughs> some great ideas that have come through and gone, oh, okay, can we vote on, on certain things? I thought, you know, that's actually not a, not a bad idea. Who's our new number uh, 10? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad segue, the Melbourne uh, thing, because uh, what a time for them to be trying to sell shares in an absolute dumpster fire. Mm. And uh, at the same time, we're uh, actually got a team out in the paddock at the moment that's doing us proud. And that's, that's something that we want to really get behind. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to sort of capitalize on that slow rising uh, incline that we're on, the opposite of what the victory are on. We're on our way up. Um, the latest time on development was from this month, which was uh, registering the co-op with New South Wales Fair Trading. How was that process? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was, um, it was bureaucratic um, uh, and a lot of documentation, but the reasons why I said it before, it's, you're not um, just like you're setting up a company or a sole trader, you're actually setting, well, what's the what's the voting rights going to be? What's the democratic process? And um, I think we're, I'm expecting that approval letter back any day now. I think the last update I posted, there was just a few minor changes um, to, to remove and I'll remove those pretty quickly and, set, and send it back. So, yeah, they could. They said it could take up to 20 business days, you know, government organisation, but... Um, Shocked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just well, 20. Well, I'm a, like I said, I'm a boring person, so I, I ring them every day. You know, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> any, any update? How are you going? Um, so, because I want to sort of move this along and, um, you know, make sure we've got something, you know, great, great to offer, offer the fans as well. And so that's a draft document that will be the sort of underlying principles of how the thing operates and a legally approved um, document that that, um, that scopes that out for everybody to see. Um, and so what, um, what what sort of comes next after we get that approval? Yeah, so once once that's approved, we sort of have our um, yeah, formation meeting or roadshow where myself and others yeah, will do videos, go on the podcast, maybe go, you know, set, you know, go you know, maybe the RSL or the COE and just sort of really start to promote it, promote it as well. And what will accompany that um, sort of constitutional rules, Moz, is um, sort of the, the share offering, right? So what's the value? Yeah, what, what do you get? And sort of really, because it is a quite a long document, um, yeah, sort of bring it back to a bit to go, what, what do you get for your money? Um, yeah, so you get voting, yeah, you want the vote, you want to have a say in the club. Uh, and, and where where it goes. If you're a part of the group, you can potentially be elected and you know, sit on the Mariners board um, as well. So yeah, once yeah, just to clarify again, you know, once that's sort of approved by the New South Wales Department of Fair Trading, and that's why you sort of would have seen the latest one as well with bank accounts, sort of preparing for that. Well, he, here's the share offering. Um, and this is what we're going we're gonna to do with it. So this is a kind of a brochure about why you want to be a part of this, what you might get from this, um, what you can, how you can sort of apply yourself to it. And, and so that's in draft at the moment? Yeah, that, that, that's in draft at the moment. Um, we're just sort of yeah, moving a few things around to make sure it's right because obviously you know, want to do it right, do it once. And that'll sort of highlight, well, yeah, who are the Mariners as well? Um, yeah, because who knows? People from overseas, yeah, everyone's dreamed to own a football club, um, you know, of, chat to some people at work as well. They work overseas and I've, I've been telling them about it and, um, yeah, they you know, do the quick Google search as well. But, um, yeah, this will just be a, a document around who are the Mariners and what is the Central Coast, um, yeah, what, is it, what does it cost, um, yeah, what, what, are the, what are the rules um, and how, how can you be involved. Nice. 
So I guess who who are you mostly in dialogue with at the club? Have you spoken directly with Mike, or are you speaking mainly with Sean, or a bit of both? Or yeah, um, it's mainly with Sean. We have have had conversations with Mike, um, and as you can imagine, like those conversations are that's great, really exciting. Yeah, come back to us when you when you've got something right, um, which which is fair enough from their point of view because yep. um, yeah, particularly with Mike as well. You know, he's yeah, he's made it sort of public knowledge as well, like the club's always up for sale, right? Um, yeah, sort of how, how much you're going to offer and that sort of thing. But, yeah, talking with Sean and Mike, they were really sort of supportive of that partnership model mm. um, where we're actually coming to them. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not trying to take over. Um, yeah, this isn't sort of a Phoenix sort of um, supporters trust or Phoenix club like you've seen overseas as well in the FC Manchester as well, sort of mm. um, creating clubs in direct opposition to other clubs. Um, this is, hey, we want you to stay on the coast. Yeah, you, we realise that, yeah, financially, yeah, you might need some help as well, but we want that deeper connection. We want to say in, in how things are done. Um, yeah, we want our voices to be heard. And not, not all things, yeah, we're not going to um, – that's where, you know, once we have this sort of structure set up, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of look at the – talk to the club about, you know, what's the shareholder agreement. Yeah, for example, say if we've got $500,000, okay, what – what do we get? Yeah, you know, these are our stipulations. Yeah, you can. We're not going to give you five hundred thousand um, dollars. You know, Sean, every year. What we're going to do is we're going to give you two fifty, and we're going to sort of save two fifty. But we would like a seat on the board. Um, all games played at Central Coast Stadium. Um, don't change the badge. Don't change the jersey. Um, and yeah, we want to we want to vote vote on certain things, and we're going to send you a few ideas as well. Um, and nothing about the rules that that uh, is is about owner specific stuff. So it doesn't matter if it's Mike Charlesworth or Parrish the Thor, John Singleton, or the, some, someone else uh, out of left field that becomes our owner in the future. Um, Abdul, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. Um, then, then I thought uh, you were going to say Manchester United. <laughs> well, uh, then, because I guess uh, that's obviously a concern amongst some of the fans, but it's also a little bit about. Um, so we could spend our money on, oh, the money on. Um, I'm saying our because I'm in. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we we could spend our money on, uh, you know, things that help the club directly, but we could also spend them, I suppose, on things that help the community or help the fan base. Um, uh, I mean, when you've got lots of money, then the the, the things are limitless, aren't they? Um, places for us to celebrate our um, grand final victories. Um, mm. uh, is it well, that's that the, open. That that's right, and that's the sort of benefit of sort of setting it up in this structured way, where we're sort of pooling the money together. People get a vote, and we can. Yeah, a Mariners football museum, maybe a Mariners pub is more, what you're more going for there. Um, you know, um, Mariners rooftop yeah. rooftop bar or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and those are things you know that are in particularly in the longer term um, are really yeah, they're going to be the real deal um, because you're exactly right. We might not yeah, current owner or new owner or maybe just the yeah we're, we're quite happy. Yeah, we're. We're sitting pretty pretty on the table. You know, we're quite happy with the prog- progress. Let's um, yeah, let let's look at another sort of you know in investment pathway or sort of some way to give back to the community and call something out or our our own. So, and that's where yeah that process will be, yeah, and that's where um the a lot of great questions in the initial start was or oh, where's where does my money go? Yeah, we're not just gonna, we're not just going to hand it over. Um, yeah, this is a sort of a separate organisation. Um, you know, a separate entity. Um, representing representing us as the fans, um, and we're going to sort of have those. Yeah, you know, hopefully you like the chatbot surveys that they'll, they'll keep coming. But yeah, asking asking those questions. Okay, yeah, where would we like our money invested this year? And it uh, yeah, it might just be a once a year thing, um, or, or or twice a year thing where you know we vote at a annual general meeting or a general meeting. 
Um, so yeah, it might not be as frequent as some people expect as well, but yeah, having that investment in those certain areas, like you said, it could be a player, it could be a, a pub, uh, it could be a cafe or something like that as well. But a key point there is that that'll be decided along the way by the people that we duly elect to make those decisions on our behalf and perhaps influence in our own ways uh, how those decisions are made and and uh, make decisions almost not quite on the fly might not be the right description, but over time different things might get spent. And I suppose going back to what you said earlier, um, if you've got half a million dollars in the bank and you're talking to Mike Charlesworth about how you can contribute to the success of the club uh, or talking to any owner about how you can contribute to the success success of the club then with half a million dollars in the bank you've got some power half a million dollars and a quarter of a million dollars a year or a million dollars and uh, half a million a year that's a bit of power that has never been seen around the central coast before yeah that, that that's right and that's where um yeah, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of power as fans that we i think potentially untapped as well when we sort of come together and say this is what we want to do um but obviously you need that sort of structure and that cooperative and that constitution coming back to the rules where yeah, once we are approved and the sort of the election of the directors, um, yeah, those people will have to um, specifically carry out yeah what what the, what the vote is yeah not not necessarily yeah their their own personal personal views as well um, and, and going to owners as well yeah, it, like I said it could be Mike yeah, it could be we we form the supporters trust we raise raise capital but we just sort of we just remain quiet for six months you know we'll we'll sort of see what happens there's a TV deal coming up as well. Um, yeah, why, why rush into things as well? Um, yeah, those are sort of some good questions that people sort of asked and sent through as well. But yeah, the main message I want to get across too is you're not just going to hand, you're just going to hand over your money, uh, and, and my money and, and our, and our money as well. Cause, I, cause I'm in and I'll be a shareholder just like everyone else. So what's, what's, I guess, what's your main goal sort of between, I guess, the end of this season and the start of the next one? Is there sort of, is, I assume the off season is going to be the time to probably kick a few of the goals yeah absolutely and um that's where yeah so to answer your question yeah, number one goal is to you know, get that approval from new south wales department of fair trading send out some more documents sort of have that road show um sit down with sean in the club and say hey do you want to sort of do a part you know, partnership and a bit of marketing on this at the moment there's no football being played um let's sort of raise some money in the off season as well and then yeah for me personally is to sort of sit yeah come come game one next season to get okay, okay do we own um, yeah, could, could we own one percent of the Mariners, mm. um, or, or five, or ten, or some? You know, some people sort of said the whole lot, being quite quite ambitious, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, which which is a great thing, and that's where um, having that long term view, um, yeah. So, yeah, f- form form the trust, yeah, is number one goal. Yeah, market it well. And I, when I say market, I actually just mean give people information. Yeah, um, and that's what I've tried to throughout this process, sort of since starting this at the. Um, the end of last year is to sort of give people the right information and what's the value, right? Why, why would I, why would why would we give you money as well? Um, and so having that sort of story sort of cleverly articulated and um, to make sure that it, it, it meets our needs, um, and that's why I, I felt those sort of surveys were quite important as well. So um, and probably finally, just continuous feedback. Um, yeah. I read every email that comes through. Um, apologies to the forum. Yeah, I, I can't get on there all the time. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, just had a yeah another surprise this year for my wife and I. Yeah, welcomed a, a new Mariners supporter, young William Brogan, in, into the family. He nice. came, came a bit earlier that a bit earlier than planned. But um, congrats, thank you. Yeah, that's um, that's sort of part of the Love part you. of the journey. Um, yeah, so hopefully we can sit here in, in yeah, next season and we can sort of go okay. 
you've got your share certificate, yeah, it's on your wall um, and we'll see where we go. Is I guess is there any thought, like I've always had this sort of idea in my head that, you know, if we manage to get across a few hundred of sort of the local businesses on the coast and they all want to put in a thousand bucks and that way they can say they sort of own a part of the Mariners, is, is, is that sort of maybe on the cards too? Like, I don't know, say your local burger joint or like your local pizza place or whatever can say, yep, I'm going to throw in a thousand bucks a year and I can own X, Y, Z of the Mariners, like if they want, is that also sort of a possibility? Is yeah, that, ab- absolutely. Yeah. That's the way we structured it. And um, yeah, Sean and the team at the club were kind enough to invite me along to one of the um, sort of corporate events but before before a game and just basically tell the same story that, that, I, that I am today. So it definitely is a possibility. Nice. Um, the business would get one vote because that's sort of how we've structured it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very much a democratic thing, right? And it's not going to be if you've got more money, you've got more more votes and more power. That's sort of why, why we set it up that way. Um, and that's what I hope and that's what hopefully we can expect as well is that the Central Coast can own, um, you know, part-owned, semi-owned, fully-owned, um, the only professional sporting club. Um, I'm fascinated by all this. Yeah, it's in, like, in, in, it's in so both. like, I don't know, like imagine if we're the smallest club in the league by a long way. We've been shit can by everyone for years now. Imagine if we get this across the line and go about it the right way and we're, like, we're the first ones to do it in a franchise league. Like that would be huge. Yeah. Massive. Huge, huge. And and, and something for the future. I mean, mm. we, we want Mark's son and uh, our grandkids um, to be a part of something that um, we've built that keeps the Mariners on the coast and makes them, you know, permanently part of the, the place. Uh and what better way than to actually have the entire community invested in what, what we're doing? You know, I think the really unique thing as well is, you know, I love the, the community club that's printed mm-hmm. on the back of our jerseys. Absolutely, right? yep. Um, that's where we've got this unique way to do it with through the sort of cooperative structure. Yeah, it's not just a, you know, 10, 10 rich people, owners getting together in a company and buying buying a Sydney FC or Western Sydney Wanderers or whatever. Um, it's a local club. It's a local community. We've all sort of spoken about the, you know, the early days where fee- people felt really connected to the club. Um, this is another opportunity to do that, as well as sort of have a, a scalable, scalable sort of model over time. How good! I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm what, buzzing for this since we first started talking about I'm it. I'm like <laughs> so keen for the off season, but we've got like all this really exciting <laughs> sort of left of the season. But I'm like, this is the most exciting thing to happen for a while. And this might be the perfect timing because the over the you know not distant too distant future, then the A League is going to happen and finish, and um, we'll be like, hmm, what are we? Doing when we now? win it from six, uh, <laughs> imagine the excitement well, around the supporters. I mean, trust. Well, the, the toilet seat down at Gosford, and then I'm sort of hand, you know I can hand out some information as yeah. well. So supporters trust and yes. that's what the future's looking like yeah absolutely have about ten thousand to thirty thousand people around the gosford main street collecting those out of your hands uh, yep. as we celebrate the the uh, raising of the trophy in uh, kibble park or up here or who knows where this time um yeah it could be good timing and so is uh, is that roughly the timing uh, that we will sort of see the next steps yeah, that, that's that's what we're shooting for. Um, yeah, go, but going back to what I said before with the New South Wales Department of Fair Trading, you know, twenty days, twenty business days. I mean, they, they got back to me in fifteen the first time. Uh, <laughs> that's well, record time. Well, so it was, uh, They're better than Gosford Council. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out, Pete. Make them earn their wage. Well, that's what's, what's really fascinating to me. Like we just got an interesting story here on the Central Coast, don't we? Where, um, yeah, the council made some made some steps, you know, <laughs> mm. and then obviously. Um, we've got a London-based owner. It's the only, only club, um, you know, only professional sporting club on the Central Coast, and it was going to move, and that's what 
sort of really frightened me as a fan, you know, back back in uh, when the season ended last year. I read that SPS World Game article. Um, and then since then, I mean, I even had, um, I think it was The Athletic in in the UK contact the, the website. Um, really? About the Manchester United. Yeah, with some, wow. Yeah, no comment, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say The Athletic, they're, they're massive. <laughs> and, um, yeah, because that's where you think about the Europe, Super League um, mm. and the fans and that power and even you know, clubs like Liverpool and Tottenham have come out with that fan representation on the board to sort of get that greater connection. Um, yeah, I haven't, you know, perfectly, you know, full transparency, I haven't looked too much into that, but a lot of the articles as well sort of mentioned around it would be tied to the constitution and the rules of the club. So if, if Liverpool or Tottenham were sold to another owner, the fans would sort of still be a part or represented on the board. Yeah. Um, which you think about it, it makes sense, right? It's, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a customer. Uh, yeah. Buy my tickets. I buy the jerseys. You know, watch, watch the game. No matter who the owner is. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's right. Um, yeah. And that's, you think about what's happened recently. You know, you think that might be more and more of the future. Love it. <laughs> Alrighty, it is that time of the week where we answer your questions and, uh, of course, we're going to kick things off with Dave Bloom and a Would You Rather. Fellas, would you rather have a free season ticket for life but you have to go to every game in full kit and cop full kit wanker every time or never go to a live game again? Moz, we already know your answer. <laughs> well, yeah. I have answered this already on social media by responding at, in a reply showing the last time, which is probably only a couple of weeks ago, when I was in complete full kit wanker. And yes, they are Mariner's thongs that I'm wearing in that uh, picture. That's so beautiful. There's the answer. Boise. It's got to be full kit. 100% full kit. Yep. Who chants you're a wanker though? Is uh, it like everybody in groups? Got to be the entire like active support. Base 16 screaming at me? <laughs> it's the ground announcer. Oh, I, I hate that guy. <laughs> it's an absolute it's badge of honour. Um, Dave Bloom actually has a serious question. I don't believe it. What is happening to the world? What do you all think about our attacking options or lack of? Is there any chance the club would look to recruit a foreign player uh, like a Lafondra or a Derbyshire to build on this year's success? Well, the funny thing is we've been begging for a 10 to 15 goal a year striker for five seasons mm. and now we've got one and, and his name is Matthew Blake Simon correct and <laughs> he's from boy boy no. um, East Gosford uh, and it's still not good enough right now like right now in this moment uh, with how close the table is in our recent form it's still not meeting our expectations so I think that goes to show uh, how much our opinion has changed over the course of this season um, but yeah I I don't know. We've always wanted. To, we've always wanted to, wanted a ten goal season striker. Now we have one. Do we need to recruit outside of that anymore? I don't know. It's all going to depend on whether he keeps on playing and if he keeps his good form up. I'm going to say that we're going to lose. Uh, how many? Seven goals so far. Simo. Hello? Eleven. Hello. Oh, hello. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we're going to lose one. So. We, did, we weren't, I don't think we were sure at the start of the season that was going to be the case, but it's turned out that way, so we do need to replace it. So oh, yeah. I'd like to think that we're going to think hard about uh, Marco Aranha staying if he's not on two years. Um, can we get Matty to play until he's 400? We can try. <laughs> oh, you'll have to drag him off the pitch. Yeah. yeah. And uh, on top of that, can we find an up-and-coming young um, Marvel um, 
maybe one of those young fellas from uh, Adelaide can be uh, moved out of that front end over there or something like that. There's, mm. Yeah, I think, I think we do want to uh, come up with something for next year for sure. Yeah, it's all going to be if Matty Simon and you're in your stay. Uh, I don't think we're going to go anything too extravagant outside of that. And if they both stay and continue to play here, it'll be a case of trying to find the next gem. If mm-hmm. one of them go, then we'll probably freeze up a bit of space in the cap to maybe go a bit more experienced. What about if Matty Half goes? Like he just goes to the bench a bit more often than he does now, plays that role he used to at Sydney. Well, so I feel well. like that's what we thought this season was going to be. Yep. <laughs> and then it never that happened. That was the plan, yeah. And then we ended up coming in a bit light on anyway um, yeah. with, with just Simo. Uh, Marco came in late and, uh, and Allo. Yeah. We had Dan Bauman, obviously, who came in as well. Um, but, yeah, we did start off a bit light, but just Simo, what a renaissance. We've yeah. said it uh, week in, week out. The goat. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And what about the MPL, MPL stocks as well? Or even... Um, yeah, others that we've got on the bench as well with, um, the, yeah, Alol going to, to Germany as mm. well. I mean, have we got anything there? Oh, you got Damien Sakanis, who was nearly last season's top goal scorer in the NPL. He is leading the charts this season. Um, Matthew Cahill's just returned back from Hong Kong on loan as well. So I liked what I saw of Matthew Cahill. Yeah, if he continues his development, he's another very promising young product there. So, yeah, we'll see. It depends on who we retain, I guess. Keenan Jensen asks... What do you guys think of Yonotta and how he's been uh, underused by Stadge? Uh, Kenan believes that we have not used him enough this season. And I know everyone will hate me saying this, but Nisbet is at his best coming off the bench in the second half, causing mayhem. Uh, I do hate you, Kenan. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. I'm kidding. Um, Yonotta, uh, from what we heard, it was just his work rate that was sort of a little bit of an issue. Uh, I think maybe on the pitch and maybe off the pitch as well, which uh, related to his lack of minutes, really, because I think there's a decent footballer in there. He's looked God sharp there. Damn oh, it. Oh, he is, he's, oh my uh, it's just, been on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on my lap the entire time, <laughs> and then as soon as I take it off, that happens. Of course. Um, yeah, it was down to his really down to his work rate. So I, I think he's been used. Uh, for what he's deserved. Is that mm. fair? <laughs> yep. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Nisbet is good off the bench, starting, jumping out of a plane. Uh, he's been good everywhere at the yep. moment. So, What is his best position, you think, Nisbet? Nisbet. Oh. See, he's been sort of used as a, as a second 10 in attack, but he's out wide defensively this season, which I yeah. thought was going to be an interesting one. I've always seen him as a, as a natural eight. Um, Earlier in the season when he was on that wide right sort of a role mm. that was when i think he's looked i loved him there absolutely loved him yeah. there so yeah um very happy with how he's been utilized by stage to be honest um except recently he's, a bit he's, lo- he's looked better out wide than he has um centrally which like i said surprised me yeah yeah Great. work rate's been a massive thing so you know Huge. i think Yonata has really had to you know push hard for that if you look at players look we didn't even know that danny de silva had work rate in him so <laughs> and this year he's proven you know how hard he can work so that set the bar and Yonata has to jump it and hasn't yet been up to so and yeston is on the right sam mcpherson uh oh quick one here rate gianni's new hairstyle out of 10 uh, well, it's a 10 for me because it's easy to see when he makes a mistake now because I know <laughs> I know exactly who it is. Does he make mistakes? He did one pass on the weekend that went straight out. 
True. <laughs> some of the boys in the, out of 10. Some yeah, of the boys in the group chat were not happy. Brogues gives him a 10, Moz. I'm going with 10 because I'll be in trouble if I don't. Melissa's already burned me. I had that hair once. Yeah, me and you have already had oh, this I've seen a photo of you conversation. with that hair as well. It is absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, I've got a photo of it somewhere. We will post it across the socials, of course. I did, of course, dye my hair one time as well. Oh, yeah. See, I went the other way. I went emo kid black with a fringe. I went the blonde tips. Actually, I didn't really go with the fringe, but I did blonde go Blonde tips that black. looked orange. Oh, my days. <laughs> that is horrendous. Um, yeah. For Gianni's salad, uh, solid 12 out of 10 for me. Absolutely sensational. Uh, Sam also asks, uh, we've scored three goals from open play in the last seven. Is this concerning? What can we do? Yes, concerning. We're not, we're not going to win anything unless we, like you sort of alluded to before in the game on the weekend, unless we start to pick it up in that final third, um, we... Yeah, we won't be winning anything or winning any finals or maybe even may, might not make the finals at this rate. Yes, but the whole competition's tightened up. Each game's tightened up. And uh, I think that we will start to show a bit of flow in the next game or so, namely Thursday night. Yeah, I think with the players back too, you've got yeah, DDS, he's been out for a few. You're in your cop the ban. Mm. Um, lost, lost a bit of fluidity and attack, you might say, but we'll wait and see. Bring on the balls. <laughs> not uh, not your favourite balls, of course. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Hartz. G'day, Paul. Hope you're well, mate. Hope you enjoyed the Melbourne trip last weekend. He asks, if we finish second, third or fourth, are we guaranteed a home final? Yes, we are. How good? Um, he then goes on to ask, um, if we were to earn it, how good would that be after so long without one? They'll probably move it to Newcastle or something. Oh, although, shit, don't you fucking shut up. <laughs> they'll find, they'll find a Turn way to screw off. us over. Three o'clock on a Sunday for the final. I've got a mute button for you here, boy. See, I can use that. I should have a boo button for that. <laughs> Absolute rubbish. Well, well, actually, that raises though. a good point. What What was our last finals game at home? Was it the one against Victory? Twenty fourteen. Uh, no, that was away no. to Wanderers. So. I think that's Isn't the that last one. Danny McBreen scores against yes, Victory. Against Victory, yes. What what a night. Oh my the days. McBreen screamer. No, that was so thanks. good. I got a message from my boss about half an hour the game finished. Half an hour after the game finished, and she goes, "Did a couple of days." I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> so it's been it's been near as makes no difference. Ten years since we played a home final. Yeah. Long. So. Be good. Be bloody good. Uh, Joyful Penguin from the CCMFans.net forum. Looking ahead to potential finals, would finishing second, ignoring the benefits of ACL qualification and therefore getting a, get a week off, uh, be beneficial or detrimental to us in the finals? I think we've looked our best with short turnarounds. Mm, same. Except when we do them six in a row. Um, yeah, agree. So could do without the week off. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I'd be happy to finish third or fourth, I think. Yeah. I'd be happy to have a home final. <laughs> Mate, top four would be, top four would be super. Yeah. Oh, let's God. get that. Yeah, let's get it. Um, P. Jennings and Joyful uh, Penguin, um, both from the CCMFans.net forum, have raised a question about uh, Matty Simon. Um, Joyful asks simply, should Matt Simon play on next season? And P. Jennings uh, says, if Matty does not play on next season, what role do you see him playing at the club? Uh, could he maybe turn out for CCU and MPL 2 or 3? I think he, I, I think he's maybe dropped off a little bit in the last five to ten games. In, you know, Obviously, we've had the... We had the sort of a bit of a barren run uh, with our results and, you know, whether his form just sort of tailored into that. You know, he's obviously come up with a couple of goals in that as well. Scored a really good penalty against the Jets. Great pen. Great pen. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him to play on on 
the proviso that he plays like he did sort of in the first <laughs> half of the season. <laughs> so if he can somehow make that happen, that'd be great. Um, I mean, if if you know, we were talking before about strikers and that if he were to move to sort of a player-coach role, which we, we sort of assumed he was this season anyway, so I don't know how that works in the cap or with how he gets paid and all that sort of stuff. Say if he was to move to that sort of role and they could maybe free up some space in the cap by paying Maddie some sort of a coaching wage or something and, you know, I'm not sure, doing like a half-half, it might free up some money to get a more experienced sort of a striker. So if if, if he's going to hang around and play that sort of a role, I'm all for it. Would you give him the option? He's earned it, surely, the GOAT. Well, yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because like you said before, Pete, he's going to have to be dragged off the pitch. So <laughs> if if nobody has that conversation with him, is he just going to assume that he's our starting striker every week? I think he probably will. <laughs> so <laughs> does 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 Stadge have to have a very tough conversation at the end of the season? If he wants in, he's in for me. And uh, the role that he plays, maybe that diminishes over time if he is less effective and that, you know, can be something that he can have that conversation with Stadge about. Culturally, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch, he's absolute diamonds. Yeah. So, Because what, he'll be 36 next season? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. 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 Castro's older than that. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of years left in him for sure. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 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 Of course, looking ahead to our next couple of games this Thursday or tomorrow by the time this uh, this drops, uh, we travel down to MacArthur for the second time this season as we take on MacArthur Bulls. Supporters buses are running. You can head to ccmariners.com.au to book your spot. Uh, leaving Goss Lakes Club at 3 or 3.30, I think, off the top of my head. Um, might want to get in quick as spaces are pretty limited. Lads, how do you fancy our chances? Can't wait to drive to Campbelltown on a Thursday night. <laughs> two hours each way. Uh, number one. Number two, most most important game of the season. Oh, yeah, it's a proper six-pointer. Like we're on, we're on the same points. I hate the cliche, but yeah. We're in fourth. They're in fifth. Goal difference is only a difference of three. Uh, uh, it's pretty important. Yeah. yeah, it's tight. Big game, big yeah. game. I think um, the you know, MacArthur pass it around for as long as we can. Um, Ocon ball, we call it, yeah. Ocon <laughs> ball, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Palo. The Ocon ball, I mean, might play it into our hands a little bit. The way sort of Stadge sets up the team defensively, we're quite disciplined. Um yeah, and then I think yeah, it'll just be a, a simo you know, on, on the break or something like that late in the first half, late late in the second half. Um, yeah, I like our chances personally. The FOMO is real for me, so no, I'll be there. The trip. 100% I will be there because oh, otherwise I would be sitting at home suffering bad FOMO yeah, like any of it. you should be if you're not getting down there. If you missed out on the F3 Derby, this is your chance to get yourself into one of those seats. Uh, one change for this Thursday night. A lot more clothes. It was freezing in Newcastle. <laughs> it won't be freezing down there. In our favour for Thursday night, I think, is that uh, those guys just played in Perth. It was a fairly big game for them, fairly intense game, and they have to travel back there. What do they play Sunday night? They've got to travel back and be prepared for a game on Thursday night. So optimistic that that uh, uh, settles the Ocon ball down a little bit and um, gives us a shot at um, putting something on them with a longer break. Quick tips. Uh, Scoreline, gents. In a word. Good. <laughs> good, okay. good. Good scoreline is the word. One uh, word. There are uh, numbers in that. 
very close, one nil. Yeah, two nil. Um, two nil. How can you say anything against two nil? We beat him two nil the last two times we played him. But we just we can't score at the moment. Maybe I don't care. I'm calling two nil. Uh, and of course, we look ahead to the final F three derby of the season. F three derby fifty three on Tuesday night as we play host to that lot from up the road. Um, should be really turning them over again. One hundred percent. Again, it's another. It's all depends what happens on Thursday night. This could be the biggest game of the season, and it's a derby. <laughs> I think so. the last four or five games we said <laughs> yes. this, is, this is it. This is the biggest Every game. Every game of the is season. a six pointer <laughs> at this stage. So because I think Brisbane is playing like right now against Melbourne City. Yes. Uh, if they win, they will jump us. And then if <sighs> Macarthur win, if Macarthur beat us or pick up a point on Thursday, we will go to six. six. Yeah. So massive. Don't need to worry massive. about it. It's not going to happen. Like. <laughs> You're more optimistic than I am right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if they'll have any fans at that F3 derby. They didn't have any at their place, so... Oh, you know oh, what they're going like, to be down here. We, we absolutely... Own, although it is a Tuesday. <laughs> I was going to say we absolutely owned them, so they only tend to rock up for three games a season, and they're all against us. So <laughs> True. I was going to say they might all come, but they've got school the next day, so they won't. Tuesday. Wow. Uh, quick scoreline prediction for that one. You can two use numbers us. this time. Yep, okay, 2-0. 2-0 yep, <laughs> I'm going to go 3 0. It's going to be pretty comprehensive, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon I like they it. signed off for the season already, they have, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going with 2 0 because it's a bit more emphatic than last time, but still it'll be a bit of a starchy game. And I hope Maddie kicks a few people. Yep. No well, lovey dovey stuff like after the bloody Sydney derby on the weekend. I'm liking 3 0. We're going to play ourselves properly into form coming into finals or the last home game of the season, which is just after that. But we'll touch on that, of course, next week when we will see you again on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Not on Tuesday, though. No, we'll be maybe a Wednesday record next week. Yeah, Uh, We'll see how things are tracking. Um, I think think we get in here again We might be very sad after the next two games. We might have a week off. Not a chance, Boise. (laughs) Seriously, stop putting that juju out into the atmosphere. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> How dare it's, you? The last few years have really scarred us. Uh, but no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be back here next week. We're going to be the shining bastions of positivity that we have been all throughout this season. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in once again. Thank you, Mark Brogan, for joining us for this week's show as well. Much appreciated. Uh, it's been fantastic having you alongside us this evening. Yeah, thank you. Great pleasure to be here, and I'll look forward to the performance review. Hopefully it was okay this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> performance review. You're going to go home and do your, your self-assessment That's and right, send yeah. it through to us by, uh, I want that on my desk by 8.30 tomorrow yeah, morning. Yeah, listen mate. to the recording. Yeah, take, take some notes. <laughs> um, no worries. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you all next week. Love you. See ya. Bye. Who dat? I don't even have my phone. That was my fucking computer. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Somehow it's still picking up. No, my phone's in the car, so...